Here we go, loopy loo. Here we go, loopy light. Here we go, loopy loo. All on a Saturday night. Hello, this is Luby with Luby's Lullabies podcast. I talked a bit about the delightful book I read Before the Coffee Gets Cold by Toshikazu Kawaguchi. And I want to read some of the first section of this because there are four different parts that relate to the actual theme of the story, all taking place in this cafe called the Finiculae Finicula, which is quite sweet. Anyway, the first part is called The Lovers, and there are no real chapters per se, but each section is identified by whatever is going on, that the, the story relating back to their past life that they want to try to meet again or something they want to do in a different way. So here we go. The first one is called The Lovers. And let me start off reading you some of this. Oh, gosh, is that the time? Sorry, I have to go, the man mumbled evasively as he stood up and reached for his bag. Eh, said the woman. She glared with uncertainty. She hadn't heard him say it was over, but he had called her, his girlfriend of three years, to come out for a serious conversation. And now he had suddenly announced he was going to work in America. He was to leave immediately in a few hours. Even without hearing these words, she knew now that the serious conversation was about breaking up. She knew now it was a mistake to have thought, to have hoped, that the serious conversation might have included, will you marry me, for example. What? the man responded dryly. He didn't make eye contact with her. Don't I deserve an explanation, she asked. The woman spoke using an interrogative tone that the man particularly disliked. They were in a windowless basement cafe. The lighting was provided by just six shaded lamps hanging from the ceiling and a single wall lamp near the entrance. A permanent sepia hue stained the cafe interior. Without a clock, there was no way to tell night and day. There were three large antique wall clocks in the cafe, the arms of which, however, showed different times. Was this intentional or were they just broken? Customers on their first visit never understood where they were like this. Their only option was to check their watches. The man did likewise. While looking at the time on his watch, he started rubbing his fingers above his right eyebrow, whilst his lower lip began to protrude slightly. The woman found that expression particularly exasperating. And why are you looking like that, like I'm the one being a pain, she blurted out. I'm not thinking that, he replied sheepishly. Yes, you are, she insisted. With bottom lip again protruding, he evaded her stare and offered no reply. The man's passive behaviour was infuriating the woman more and more. She scowled. You want it to be me who says it? She reached for her coffee, from which all the heat had now gone. With the sweetest part of the experience lost, it sent her mood plummeting further. The man looked at his watch again and counted back from the boarding time. He had to leave the, ca the cafe very soon. Unable to compose himself any better, his fingers had found their way back to his eyebrow. The sight of him so obviously hung up about the time annoyed her. She recklessly plunked the cup down on the table. It came down hard on the saucer. Clang! The loud noise startled him. His fingers, which had been busy caressing his right eyebrow, began to pull at his hair. But then, after taking a short, deep breath, he sat back down and looked her in the face. All of a sudden, his face was calm. 
In fact, the man's face had so nearly clearly changed that the woman was quite taken aback. She looked down at stared at her and stared at her hands clenched on her lap. The man who had worried about time didn't wait for the woman to look up. Now look, he started. No longer muttering, he sounded collected and together. But, as if she was actively trying to stop short his next words, the woman said, Why don't you just go? She didn't look up. The woman who wanted an explanation now refused to hear it. The man sat motionless, as if time had stopped. It's time for you to go, isn't it? She said petulantly as a child. He looked at her perplexed, as if he didn't understand what she meant. It was as if she was aware how childish and unpleasant she sounded, and she uncomfortably averted her eyes from the man and her bit her lip. He rose from the seat, spoke to the waitress studying the counter. Standing behind the counter, I'm sorry. Excuse me, I'd like to pay, he said in a small voice. The man tried to grab the bill, but the woman's hand was pressing down on it. I'm going to stay a little bit longer. So I'll pay, was what she meant to say. But he had pulled out the bill from under her hand with ease and was walking to the cash register. Together, thanks. Oh, I said, leave it. Not moving from her chair, the woman reached out a hand to the man. But the man refused to look at her. He pulled out a thousand yen note from his wallet. Keep the change, he said, as he handed the waitress a note together with the bill. The man turned his face filled with sadness to the woman for a split second as he picked up his bag and left. Clong, clong, clong. This is the door going, by the way. And that happened a week ago, said Fumiko Kiyokawa. Her body, upper body flopped into a heap on the table like a deflating balloon. As she collapsed, she somehow avoided spilling the coffee cup in front of her. The waitress and her customer, seated at the counter who had been listening to Fumiko's story, looked at each other. Before Fumiko had finished senior high school, she had already mastered six languages. After graduating top of her class from Macedo University, she joined a major medical-related IT firm in Tokyo. By her second year at the firm, she was already directing numerous projects. She was the epitome of the smart, career-driven woman. Today, Fumiko was dressed in ordinary business attire a white blouse, black skirt and jacket. Judging by her appearance, she was on her way home from work. Fumiko's looks were better than ordinary. Blessed with well-defined features and petite lips, she had a face of a pop idol. Her mid-length black hair shone and crowned her like a, whole, like a glowing halo. Despite her conservative clothes, her exceptional figure was easy to discern. Like a model from a fashion magazine, she was a beautiful woman, who would draw anyone's gaze. Yes, she was a woman who combined intelligence and beauty, but whether she realised this was a different matter. In the past, Fumiko hadn't been one to dwell on such things. She had lived only for her work. Of course, this didn't mean she never had any relationships. It's just that they never had the same allure for her as work. My work is my lover, she would say. She had turned down approaches from many men as though flicking away specks of dust. The man she had been talking to and about was Goro Katada. Goro was a systems engineer and like Fumiko he was employed by a medical company, though it wasn't a major one. He was her boyfriend, he was her boyfriend, and three years her junior. They had met two years ago via a client which they had both been doing a project for. One week ago Goro had asked Fumiko to meet for a serious conversation. 
She had arrived at the meeting place in an elegant pale pink dress with a beige spring coat and white pumps, having caught the attention of all the men she had passed on the way there. It was a new look for Fumiko. She was such a workaholic that before her relationship with Goro she had owned no other clothes but suits. Suits were what she had worn on dates with Goro as well. After all, they only met or mostly met after work. Goro had said serious conversation and Fumiko had interpreted this as meaning that the conversation was going to be special. So filled with expectation, she had bought an outfit especially. They arrived at their chosen cafe to find a sign on the door saying it was closed due to unforeseen circumstances. Fumiko and Goro were disappointed. The cafe would have been ideal for a serious conversation as each table was in a private booth. Left with no choice but to find another suitable place, they noticed a small sign down a quiet street by a si- down a quiet side street. As it was a basement cafe, they had no way of knowing what it was like inside. But Fumiko was attracted by its name, which came from the lyrics of a song she used to sing as a child, and they agreed to go in. Fumiko regretted her decision as soon as she peered inside. It was smaller than she had imagined. The cafe had counter and table seats, but with just three seats at the counter and three two-seater tables, it only took nine customers to fill the place. Unless the serious conversation currently weighing on Fumiko's mind was to be held in whispers, the entire thing would be overheard. Another negative was the way that everything appeared as in sepia, owing to the few shaded lamps. It was not at all to her taste. A place for shady deals. That was Fumiko's first impression of this cafe. She nervously made her way to the only empty table and sat down. There were three other customers and one waitress in the cafe. At the furthest table sat a woman in a white short-sleeved dress, quietly reading a book. At the table closest to the entrance sat a dull-looking man. A travel magazine was spread open on the table and he was jotting memos in a tiny notebook. The woman seated at the counter wore a bright bright red camisole and green leggings. A sleeveless kimono jacket hung on the back of her chair and she still had curlers in her hair. She glanced fleetingly at Fumiko, grinning broadly as she did. At several points, Fumiko and Goro's conversation, the woman made a remark to the waitress and let off a raucous sigh. A raucous laugh. Anyway, I'm going to stop it there because um, I seem to be getting all my words wrong this morning. I don't know why. And I do apologise for that. But I'm going to stop it there and I'll continue with this story because it's a really nice beginning to the book. This one is called, uh, this part of the book is called The Lovers. And the book, remember, is called Before the Coffee Gets Cold. Quite a delight to read. So thank you for listening to me this morning. I'll come back with a little bit more brain matter working and I will uh, read you a little bit more of this first story. Thank you for listening. Luby at Luby's Lullabies podcast. Podcast.